0: As Catholics, we say we have been baptized as priest, prophet, and king. We are called to help bring holiness to the community, to speak God's truth no matter the cost, and to coordinate the gifts of the community and lead others in building the kingdom. We must bring the light of Christ to the world because the peace of Christ is meant for everyone. And we do this together with each other and with the Holy Spirit, who is here because Jesus Christ has arrived. Welcome to The Real Word Podcast for the Baptism of the Lord, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But to really be nourished by the word We need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the Baptism of the Lord. Our first reading is from Isaiah. It's chapter 42, verses 1 through 4 and 6 through 7. Our second reading is from Acts of the Apostles. It's chapter 10, verses 34 through 38. And our gospel reading is from Luke. It's chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 and 21 and 22. Uh, Just a couple things to note First, we do have scriptures from both the Old and New Testaments. Isaiah is from the Old Testament or the Hebrew scripture, while the Acts of the Apostles is from the New Testament or the Christian scripture, as is our gospel reading. So tonight, we'll see that a quiet but powerful servant is coming. Peter sets the record straight, and God has a couple things to say. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about. The messages we find. As I said, our first reading is from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Our second reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And our gospel reading is from Luke. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom i love with you i am well pleased all right so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves what does it mean what messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit so our first reading was from the book of isaiah and this reading carries a promise a a promise that God will send a servant who will establish justice on the earth. Now, Isaiah says this servant will not shout or cry out. So the assumption is that the servant will be quiet and gentle. But even though the servant won't make a bunch of noise, the servant must be pretty powerful, right? A bruised reed he will not break. And I guess you have to be pretty doggone powerful to bring justice to the entire world. Now, it's a tricky reading because biblical scholars believe the author was speaking about an actual person, uh, maybe a, a servant in David's household or, or even Cyrus of Persia, who had just defeated the Babylonians and released the Israelites from slavery and exile. But even though these historians don't believe the author was in, intending to prophesy, the early church believed, well, and, and the church still teaches today, that this reading is actually foreshadowing Jesus. Whether the author of these verses knew it or not, this description of a, of a servant empowered by God and tasked with bringing justice to the world and becoming a light for all nations, right? a, a servant who will open the eyes of the blind and who will free captives from prison and release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness, Whether the author realized that or realized it or not, this was pointing toward the future. So from our perspective, thousands of years after this was written, it sure seems like foreshadowing Christ. But here's the thing. If this is a prophecy, then it's nowhere near completed yet, is it? Plenty of people are still blind and, and not just physically. Far too many self-proclaimed Christians seem to be blind to the, the complete gospel message. Oh, they'll, they'll gleefully pick and choose the parts that seem to support their narrow judgmental view of the world, but their eyes have not been opened to the truth. And when it comes to freeing captives from prison, well, things look even worse. The, the U.S. remains the world leader in incarceration. Ooh. Even though our national incarceration rate is actually at the lowest it's been in 20 years, we have roughly 25% of the world's prison population right here in the land of the free. The U.S. had over 2.1 million, 2.1 million total prisoners in 2021. Uh, to put things in a little perspective, the U.S. prison population in 1972 was 200,000. So that's almost 2 million less than it is today. So somehow, I don't think Jesus's work is done, not by a long shot. But as we've discussed plenty of times before, by our baptism, we're called to build the kingdom here on earth. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth. And that means we should be doing whatever we can to continue bringing about the justice that Isaiah predicts. So the main message I got from our first reading is that we are called to bring the light of Christ to the world. As Christians, we need to understand that everything God has promised throughout Scripture is not in the past. A lot of it points to the future. But we can't get there from here if we don't step up and play our part. So let's remember that we are called to bring the light of Christ to the world. This passage from the Acts of the Apostles makes it pretty clear that the good news about Jesus of Nazareth is for everyone. Now, Peter said he now realizes that the good news of peace through Jesus Christ isn't just for Jews, but for the Gentiles too, right? the, the non-Jewish people. In fact, he makes it clear that God isn't playing favorites either. Right? The, the peace of Christ isn't for jews first and foremost and and then everybody else peter said that the lord will accept anyone from any nation as long as they fear the lord and do what's right so uh, this language about fearing the lord used to be a lot more common than it is today Uh, in fact these days we talk about awe instead of fear right wonder and awe for the lord but let's be honest They don't call us God fearing Christians for no reason. None of us wants to go to hell, right? We're afraid of dying and then experiencing eternal damnation. And who decides whether we go to heaven or hell or if we make a pit stop in purgatory, right? God. And is there a clear set of instructions on what will get us into heaven? Not really. The Roman Catholic Church claims to have the fullest understanding of God's truth. But so does every other religion. No one says, We know a little, but that church over there, they know what God really wants. And and even within the Catholic Church, there have been doctrinal disagreements from the beginning. And theologians, clergy, and the laity continue to disagree, disagree about things to this day. So, does that set your mind at ease? Probably not, which means we won't know for sure until the day we're judged by God. So there's definitely apprehension there for all of us and probably at least a little bit of fear too. Maybe another way of looking at it though is that the only way you'd be afraid is if you believe and if you care. Because if you don't, you wouldn't be worried at all. But Peter seemed to really focus more on the idea that all people need to hear the message that Jesus Christ is the Lord of everyone, including them, and that the good news of peace is God's desire and God's gift for all of us. So the main message I got from our second reading is that The peace of Jesus Christ is meant for everyone. Being a disciple of Christ was never meant to be some exclusive club, only open to certain individuals. It's been open to everyone from the very beginning. All you need to do is fear the Lord. In other words, believe and care, and then do what's right. Do that and it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from because the peace of Jesus Christ is meant for everyone. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And if you were paying attention, you may have thought you were experiencing a bit of deja vu because the first two verses were part of the gospel reading back on the third Sunday of Advent. Now, they're included here simply to set the stage john describes the more powerful one who will follow him and then jesus is baptized by john but it's not just a typical baptism because the holy spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and then the people heard a voice from heaven you are my son whom i love with you i am well pleased now at at christmas we celebrate the birth of jesus last week on the feast of epiphany we celebrated the realization that the gentiles represented by the three magi are offered redemption and salvation through jesus as well now as we celebrate jesus's baptism we're remembering the beginning of his mission the the beginning of his preaching about repentance and the coming of god's kingdom Luke says that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form to draw a distinction between Jesus' baptism and our own. We believe we are anointed in the Spirit, but the Spirit doesn't manifest physically when we're baptized. And and finally, the, the imagery created by the voice of God, right? people actually hearing God's words, It's obviously meant to confirm that Jesus is truly the servant who God promised. The servant Isaiah said would be sent into the world to bring justice and peace to all. So this celebration of Jesus's baptism, it also marks the end of John's work. He had been preparing the way of the Lord, and now that work is done the one who follows him, the one John said is more powerful than I, has finally arrived. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that Jesus Christ, God's only Son, has arrived. Even today, more than 2,000 years later, this statement is true. The Son of God has arrived and is fulfilling the prophecy to bring peace and justice to the world. And by our baptism, we are called to assist in that mission. The Holy Spirit is with us and active in the world today because Jesus Christ, God's only Son, has arrived. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Isaiah, the main message I came away with was, We are called to bring the light of Christ to the world. In our second reading from Acts, the main message I got was, the peace of Jesus Christ is meant for everyone. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, has arrived. When we're baptized, we are anointed with oil, exactly like the priests, prophets, and kings in the Old Testament. It's why we say that Catholics have been baptized as priest, prophet, and king. As priest, to help bring holiness to the community. As prophet, to speak God's truth, no matter the cost. As king, to coordinate the gifts of the community and and lead others in building the kingdom. In other words, we're called to bring the light of Christ to the world, not just to our own little community of fellow believers, The peace of Christ is meant for everyone, so we need to reach beyond our comfort zone. But we aren't called to do it alone. We're called to do it together, with each other and with the Holy Spirit, who is here among us, because Jesus Christ has arrived. All right, let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do do this, I like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because this isn't a matter of dogmatic beliefs that have little consequence in the real world. Or things like, did Moses part the sea? Uh, Did David kill Goliath? Was there really a, a Noah and can someone survive in the belly of a whale? Yeah, Arguments about whether something is myth or history can have very little consequence in the real world today other than providing something else that divides us. But acknowledging and believing that Jesus Christ came to bring peace and justice to the entire world and then truly believing that we are called to to help fulfill that mission, that you and I are supposed to roll up our sleeves and make it a reality, that's significant. That can have a very real impact in the lives of millions of God's children, millions, perhaps billions of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And they are our brothers and sisters, whether they know it or not, whether they accept it or not, If we can create peace in our time, if we can release the prisoners and bring true justice to the world, how many more people will believe in the Lord, care about truth, and then do what's right? How many more people will join us in building God's kingdom on earth? And the last question I try to answer is, now what? or What are we supposed to do? Or where do we go from here? Well, It's a new year, which makes it an excellent time to get out of your comfort zone and start practicing what I've been preaching to you. There are groups who are working hard to reform our justice system in the U.S. because we don't have a justice system. We have a punishment system. And unlike the Lord, it doesn't treat everyone equally. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Get involved with helping transform our criminal justice system from punitive to restorative. If you have a justice and advocacy group at your parish, then check into getting involved. If you don't have one, then why not start one? Start researching sites like Catholic Prison Ministries. You'll find lots of awesome people willing to help you get going. Answer your baptismal call by helping transform our justice system from one that's punitive to one that's restorative. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're hopefully getting involved with something as contentious as criminal justice reform, uh, remember what we read in Psalm 106, verse 3 Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness. At all times. When we're fighting for peace and justice, when we're doing what's right and just, the Lord is on our side, and the Holy Spirit is with us. All right. We've come to the end of our time here together. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word, and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project. Real Youth Ministry, and the Real Values Framework. Real stands for Respect, Engage, Accept, and Lead. For more information on the Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011, by Biblica, Inc., used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.